If you have your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 27. So friends, listen. This is the word of Christ. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Verse 4. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit." Verse 18, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. And verse 24, uh, which are more, God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This is the word of Christ. So we are in a series. Where does following Jesus lead? So we're trying to answer. If you follow Jesus, where is he going to lead you? What are his expectations for your life? Um, What is his will for you? We saw in our first session in this that God's will is a circle and not a point. Last week we saw that God's ways are a path. They're a path that leads to the good life. Today we're going to look at God's gifts. God's gifts. And verse 7 in this passage really is the central verse that we're going to unpack today. It says, To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Okay, every person who commits to following Jesus is given spiritual gifts. Okay, spiritual gifts. These are abilities that are empowered by the Holy Spirit that are in you the moment that you begin to follow Jesus. And these gifts are a significant part of where Jesus will lead you in your life. Okay, here at Harbor... Um, we say that growing spiritually involves three things. It involves knowing, being, and doing. Okay, and so the idea here with spiritual gifts is that Jesus wants you to know your gifts so that you can be the person he's created you to be, so that you can do things for others. Okay, knowing, being, and doing. Romans 15, 14 is a verse that may surprise you. Um, There, Paul says, it's there in your bulletin, 
um, he says, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness. You're full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. The goodness that you are filled with comes from God, and it equips you. It equips you to love and to help one another. Now, the best news about spiritual gifts, okay, here's the best news, is that as you understand and practice your gifts, your spiritual gifts make you a gift to others. I think that's the best news about spiritual gifts. When you understand and practice your gifts, they make you a gift to others. And this is key. This is super important because have you ever wondered what you're good at? Right? Have you ever wondered if you matter to anybody? I mean, these are things I think everybody wonders, both Christians and folks who aren't Christians. And so whether you're Christian or not, seeing the Bible's teaching on spiritual gifts will give you a deeper understanding of how God is working in your life. It'll help you understand what God wants to do in your life, and it'll help you connect and show you how you can best be a help to others. Okay? And so we're going to see three things. The first thing that we're going to see here, if you want to take notes, um, there on page 7, we're going to see that God's gifts reveal God. Okay? God's gifts reveal God. This is verses 1 to 7. If you look there at verse 1, it says, uh, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, and that means brothers and sisters, but he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be uninformed. Okay, you see that? That word uninformed, it's the Greek word that we actually get the word in English, agnostic. Okay, and the idea there um, is that God doesn't want you to be agnostic about spiritual gifts. Okay, when we use the term agnostic today, usually people say they're agnostic when they mean they either don't know or they can't know. Right? That's what agnostic means. I either don't know or I can't know. And this verse, verse 1, tells us that God does not want you to be agnostic. Okay, he wants you to understand spiritual gifts because they are key to you knowing where Jesus is leading you in your life. Okay? They're key to knowing how Jesus wants you to find significance and meaning in service. And so verse 7 gives us a really handy definition of spiritual gifts. It just says there in verse 7, they are manifestations of the Spirit. Okay? To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. And so spiritual gifts are manifestations of God. You see that? And that's what they are. Right? They are manifestations of the Holy Spirit, of God the Spirit. So they tell us, they manifest, they reveal who God is. Now, if you look at verses 4 through 6, they make the point, verses 4 through 6 sort of make this point that um, all the gifts, all spiritual gifts, are given by God, but not all gifts are the same. Okay, that's the point that verses 4 to 6 make. In fact, what's neat here about it is, is that the variety of the spiritual gifts that exist actually show us the variety of the nature of God. Okay? They reveal to us what God is like. Let's, let's look at that. It says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. 
and there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. The point that Paul in this letter is trying to make is that God wants us to know that we can have a diversity of gifts and still be a unified family. There was major conflict that was going on in the church that Paul was trying to bring unity um, and things were just crazy. Crazy. And part of the craziness was the diversity of spiritual gifts that was causing people to end up fighting with each other and not getting along. And so Paul says that you can have diversity of gifts and be a unified family because God is both diverse and a unity at the same time as well. Okay, do you see that? That God is, has diversity within himself and he is still one. Okay, in verses 4 to 6, you actually have one of the earliest passages in the New Testament that would lead to the biblical doctrine of the Trinity. Okay, the Trinity, the idea that we believe in one God, and yet that one God has revealed himself in three different persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are some branches of uh, people that would claim to follow Jesus who deny this. But this is where it comes from. This is one of the passages that leads us to that. When Paul refers to God and Lord and Spirit in verses 4, 5, and 6, that's Paul's way of referring to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, what's Paul's point? Kind of hit it at it already. But the point that Paul is making here is that our unity as a church with our diversity of gifts is a reflection of the triune God that we worship. Okay, you got to make that connection. The reason why we all don't have the same gifts is because we worship a God who is triune. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the diversity in the one God is reflected in the diversity of the gifts that he has given to Christians. So, before you try to find out what your gifts are, you want to settle in your mind why you have gifts. Okay? Because spiritual gifts are, again, they're manifestations of the Spirit. They are designed to reveal God. And if you don't know that, if you don't have that in your mind set, you might get confused about how to use your gifts once you figure out what they are. You might kind of freak out as you try to figure out what they are. The point is that God has put gifts in you, if you're trusting in Jesus, that reveal who he is. That's why he's given them to you. Okay? Because our spiritual gifts, God's gifts, reveal God. So, the second point that we're going to see today is that God's gifts are for others. God's gifts are for others. So they reveal God, and they are for others. This is verses 7 through 11. Again, coming back to verse 7, the second half of this. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. It's for the common good. I love this. God wants to give us gifts and gives us gifts that are by nature designed for us to share with others. Okay, so the idea here is God wants to give you a gift. And so he says, you know what? Here, I want you to see a movie. Um, Here are four free movie tickets. What are you going to do with four movie tickets? 
That's right. So you can go, you can experience the movie, and you can bring three friends along with you. That's the point. That's what spiritual gifts are. God wants you to experience something about him and then share it with others. Spiritual gifts are for the common good. And in verses 8 through 10, in these verses, Paul lists nine different types of spiritual gifts. Okay, we're going to talk about the gifts that are listed here, but I want to say something first. Okay, I'm going to make some qualification statements first. There are five chapters in the New Testament that talk about spiritual gifts. Okay, there's five of them. I'm going to give them to you now if you want to write them down so that you can look them up on your own time to do a little bit more study. Okay, so there's five, ch- there's five passages. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and 1 Corinthians 12 actually has two different places. We're going to look at one. At the end of the chapter, there's another list of spiritual gifts. So there's two in 1 Corinthians 12. So that's 1, 2, and 3. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Ephesians 4, and then 1 Peter 4. So you've got five places that you can go to look at that, that in the New Testament talk about spiritual gifts. There is one thing that all five of these passages have in common. They're all different. That's the only thing they have in common. They're all different. Okay? They have different lists. There are different numbers of gifts that are listed. Some overlap, but not a whole lot of overlap. Um, they are not the same. As you read them, you're going to kind of get a sense of, oh, wait, wait, okay, so I got some here, oh, wait, and then some of these you repeat it, and oh, wait, there's a couple more here, oh, wait, wait, and then what, you know, I mean, so this is how it is. This is what I went back and redid this week as I was getting ready for this. Um, the whole point, I, I want to underscore this, because the whole point of this is that the Bible nowhere Nowhere, nowhere gives us a definitive or exhaustive list of spiritual gifts. Okay? The Bible does not, is not designed to give us a definitive or exhaustive list of spiritual gifts. Okay? This is one of the hang-ups sometimes with the spiritual gifts tests that you can take. I'm about to recommend, you know, I'm about to recommend that you do that, but before I do that, the qualifier is, one of the problems with some of these tests are, is that they only go based on the lists of gifts that are in the New Testament, but the lists are not meant to be definitive, they're not meant to be exhaustive, okay? Now, you probably have already been, you might have already been working this out in your mind, because remember, the purpose of gifts, gifts are designed to do what? Okay, they're designed to help others. What was the first point that we looked at? They're designed to reveal God. Okay, they are designed to help others too. And both of those points underscore why you can't have a definitive, exhaustive list of gifts. Right? Because how many gifts would you need in order to reflect all of who God is? Six billion people all working together still wouldn't come close to scratching the surface of who God is. God is infinite, right? Six billion is not infinite. Think about the kinds of problems and the issues that people have, right? If you're going to help other people, if you needed to find a spiritual gift every time you wanted to help somebody so that you could do it in the name of Jesus, you know, the Bible's big enough as it is, right? So again, the point is that if God is infinite, if the problems that we face feel like they're infinite, there isn't going to be a definitive list in the New Testament. Does that make sense? Okay, good. 
So, the list that we do see in the New Testament, they're designed so that you can determine what gifts you have and get you thinking about what they are so you can figure out what you have so you can use them, again, to serve others. So let me look. Let's look at the, uh, at the gifts that are listed here in verses 8 through 10. Okay, the first gift that's listed there um, to one is given through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom. Okay, the utterance of wisdom. That is, so the gift of wisdom, that is sharing in any way that applies the Bible to situations in life. Okay, that's what wisdom is. It's applying the Bible to situations in life. Now, this is designed to reveal God. So if you have this gift, if you have a gift of wisdom where you're able to share with people how the Bible applies to situations in life, you reveal God in that God's wisdom applies to every situation in life, right? And God cares about every situation in life. So when you offer wisdom, you are revealing a God who cares about the situations that are going on in the life of somebody else, okay? And this is obviously for others because it helps other people, not just to take the Bible, but to apply the Bible to their lives, right? So you understand the gift, you see how it reveals God, and then you also see how it helps others. Second gift there is the utterance of knowledge, okay? Knowledge. So this is sharing that is interpreting the Bible, Okay, any kind of sharing. So it could be up front, like you're teaching. It could be in a, in, a, in a Sunday school class with kids. It could be just one-on-one over coffee, right? Sharing is interpreting the Bible. Wisdom is applying the Bible. Okay, so, so knowledge, I'm sorry, knowledge tells you what the Bible says. Wisdom tells you how the Bible applies. Okay? And the gift of knowledge reveals God because it helps people understand the Bible. And it helps others because it helps people understand the Bible, right? So, okay. Third is faith. Faith, this is, as a spiritual gift, this is the supernatural conviction that God will reveal his power or mercy in a specific way, in a specific circumstance, okay? There are people who, when the chips are down, they just know God's going to do something, okay? Now, these people reveal God because they remind us that God can do anything. And he can be trusted. And this gift is for others in that it gives others confidence and hope. Fourth gift is gifts of healing. Now this is a gift um, where you have supernatural, the ability to supernaturally cure people of disease or sickness apart from medicine. Okay? Now this reveals God as the great physician whose healing power will ultimately heal the entire universe. He's bringing about a renewed, healed heavens and earth. And this helps others because it brings healing to their bodies. Fifth, the working of miracles. So this gift, these are non-healing workings of power. So it's sort of a, it's, it's a miracle, but it's not a healing miracle. They have a separate category. Um, so exorcisms would fall under this. The ability to, to expel demons from others. This reveals God and that it shows that God's power God has power over all of creation and it helps others because it brings God's power uh, and confidence into their lives. So prophecy is next. Prophecy is inspired teaching from God to his people for their encouragement. Okay, and as we go through these, you might want to ask yourself, like, have I ever done these things or something like it, right? And kind of maybe mark that down and maybe come back to it. 
And so prophecy reveals God. It's, and that's, that's it's an important one, because sometimes we think about prophecy as predicting the future. Um, seems like today, if you do that, you're just going to get in trouble. Date comes and goes. You're stuck. Don't listen to people who make predictions and it doesn't come true. That's actually the test of whether or not they're from God. Um, but prophecy doesn't just mean predicting the future. It also means speaking forth a word from God for comfort and encouragement. Um, and so this reveals God as the one who speaks to us into our situations with comfort and encouragement. Right? You are speaking, in a sense, for God. You're bringing to people comfort and encouragement. And this helps others because, man, there's something about being able to look into someone's eyes and say, you know what? I understand what you're going through, and God really cares about what you're dealing with. You just have to know that God is with you in the midst of this. Jesus, he experienced something that's exactly like what you're experiencing. And now that I've heard it, I want to help you see where Jesus experiences so you can know that he is right there with you in the midst of what you're experiencing. That's a powerful thing to do for somebody. That's one way to manifest the gift of prophecy. Seventh is the distinguishing between spirits. And so this is the ability to evaluate different teachings. Um, In the early church, it was also evaluating between the different prophets that would show up and teach. Um, People would evaluate sort of whether they were true or false, right and wrong. So this is an ability to discern between good and evil, true and false teaching. This reveals God because God is the God of truth. And God doesn't want us to be confused by false teaching And it helps others because it identifies for other people. You know what? This might sound good, but here's what's underneath it. You know what? Don't go. Don't follow this person. Don't listen to what they're saying. Then we've got various kinds of tongues. Now, this is the ability to speak in inspired utterances in a language that must be interpreted. Okay? And now this reveals God as the one who's going to save people from every nation. Right in the book of Acts, in chapter 2, when the gift of tongues was given, you had people up speaking in languages they never knew. Right? From people all over the earth, they said, what's going on here? We hear them speaking in our languages. Right? It's like, it's being able to speak, and so this reveals, I mean, the whole point of that was that God was saying, look, I haven't come just for one nation, but I've come for the world. So this reveals God, who has a heart for the nations. And it helps others by sharing the gospel in their language. Um, And then the last one on the list is the interpretation of tongues. And this is the ability to interpret something that has been spoken in tongues. So someone speaks in tongues. You have someone who has the gift of interpretation who can interpret it for everybody else that doesn't speak the language that the tongues uh, were spoken in. Now, this reveals God in that while some people maybe who have never heard of Jesus are hearing the gospel in a language that's unique to them, all the rest of the folks who are there in the church listening, God cares about them too, okay? And so God wants to interpret so that the whole body, the whole church, uh, can be encouraged and edified by what's being said. So the point of all this, right, the point of this list um, is to see that when you exercise spiritual gifts, you are revealing part of who God is. Okay, you are sharing part of the heart of God as you communicate with people, as you, as you share your gifts with them, and you're helping other people. 
And so you are using God's gifts for the common good. But that's what they're for, manifestations of God for the common good. And so what that means, again, we're back to the, where we were before, if you are using your gifts, you are a gift to others. So, how do I find out my gifts? Right? How do you find out what spiritual gifts you have? Um, well, first, I do some research. Okay, do some research. Study the Bible passages on these gifts. I gave them to you before. If you didn't get them, you know, come talk to me afterwards. I'll give them to you again. Uh, ask your friend. Ask a neighbor. Um, and think about whether your life shows any of the gifts that are listed. Okay? And then, think about other ways that your life might reveal who God is and really help other people. Right? That's where, again, you get off of the list a little bit, and you ask yourself, like, are there other ways that I feel like God's presence is demonstrated through me? Now, that might be kind of hard, um, and so the second thing to do is to ask someone else. To talk to someone, talk to a friend, talk to somebody who's spiritually wise. This is what community groups are for, right? In your community groups, talk to each other. Maybe go around the room and have everybody say, well, this is what we've seen in your life, right? Because sometimes it's kind of hard to say, well, here's how I manifest God's presence in other people's lives, right? That's, yeah, can be a little bit, you know, self-ingratiating. Um, and so talk to other people, right? If you're, hum- if you're too humble to figure this out, ask somebody else, um, and then you're obeying the Proverbs, which says, let, which says, let somebody else toot your horn, I think, somewhere. So that's good. Um, so you want to talk to other people. You want to pray about it. Lord, what is it that I do that manifests you? And just listen. Think about over your life. What are things that you've done where people have been encouraged? You know, again, talk to others. Um, we've got some great resources that can help you study this subject more in depth. So if you want to go deeper um, in to study how God has wired you, um, let us know. You can fill out the connection card. Um, you just fill this out. Say, I want to know more about spiritual gifts. Send me the resource list or something like that. Or just say, spiritual gifts. Put your name, email address, or your, or your home address or whatever. And, and I'll send you um, what I think are some of the best things that you can use, some resources, some of which are online and free that you can just go online and take. Um, and uh, so I'd be happy to do that. The third thing I would tell you to do, this is specific, is to join a Strengths Finders class. Okay? We have Strengths Finders groups here at Harbor because we think these are the best ways for us to understand the dynamics of spiritual gifts. Strengths Finders is a book. Um, there's study guides that go with it. There's an assessment test that evaluates and tells you what your top five strengths are. And these are really, really helpful. And one of the reasons I love them is because they're really good for Christians and for non-Christians. Okay, because they get into our hard wiring. They, they get into also our talents and our abilities and our experiences, which can be really helpful. Now, Paul here is talking about spiritual gifts, which are, I think, in my mind, they're a, a subset of our overall talents. Okay, God has wired everybody who's made in his image um, to be in his image. So we all image God in different ways, Christians and non. And then on top of your own natural gifts and talents, God then invests in you spiritual gifts that I think enhance most of your talents and abilities and add a spiritual dynamic to them for the church. 
And so um, we offer these classes periodically. We're going to be offering one coming up soon. So if you want to be a part of that, um, it's real simple. Again, you can sign up with the connection card. You can go to the information table and sign up there. And we'll be happy to get you in to the next group once it starts. So there's a lot of stuff that can get complicated. Let me just make it really, really simple, though. Okay, I'm going to boil it all down so that you can get a sense of how to begin thinking about your spiritual gifts or your strengths. If you want to know what they are, ask and answer the following question. Okay, I'd write this down. What is the best thing that I know about Jesus? What is the best thing that I know about Jesus? And then I said there's one question, there's actually two. Here's a follow-up. How can I help others understand this about him? Okay? How can I help others understand this about him? How can I, so what's the best thing I know about Jesus, and how can I help others understand this about him? And then that second question, circle the word I. This is really, really important because you have unique gifts that, um, are, that are manifestations of God in you. And there are particular ways that you are going to help other people understand things that are true about Jesus. Okay? Um, the way that you do it may not be the way that I do it. Okay? I have gifts of teaching. Um, and so my way to help other people understand Jesus is typically to share with them the truth of Jesus. You might have a much more service-oriented uh, orientation in your gifts, where what you're going to do is you are going to show up here at church early and actually set up, help set up, so that everybody can come and hear me teach about Jesus. Right? So how can you help others? It may be creating an environment of hospitality in your home so that relationships can happen, right? It may be that you are really good at bringing people to things, right? It may be really good, it may be that you are, I was talking to um, a friend this week um, who wasn't a Christian and I was telling him about spiritual gifts and, you know, that we were talking about this in our church and, uh, and he, was, he wanted to play. He was like, well, I wonder what gifts I have. And, um, and he said, you know, I feel like for me, um, I don't really talk very much, but I listen. And I said, you know what, you really do. And I said, from, from my perspective, not to push anything on you, but I think that your listening ability is an, is an amazing reflection of who God is. Because when people listen, they show that they care. And God really cares. They show that they understand. And God really understands. You know, it was this great opportunity just to talk about how, I mean, to draw him in, right? To, to plant a seed, to help him understand that God, that he's actually connected to God in a way that he didn't even know before. So you want to ask yourself those questions. Um, and after you've asked and answered those questions, do it with someone else also. Don't just be on your own. You can ask other people. I mean, the best way to find out what God really does in you is to ask other people. Okay? It's usually the best way. Um, 
And then just start helping people. Just start helping. Jump in and do something to help somebody else. And you will find that your heart's desire, and, and, and not just what you want people to hear or understand about Jesus, but how you'll start, you'll be walking in your spiritual gifts. Okay, that's just sort of how it works. God will use you in your gifts as often as you are available and willing. That's how it works. So, God's gifts reveal God. God's gifts are for others. Our last point is that God's gifts show the fullness of Jesus. The fullness of Jesus. And this runs from verse 11 all the way to the end of the chapter. So, because the rest of this chapter, it's designed to flesh out the theme. This theme that the church has all these different kinds of gifts in them. You know, all these people with all these different gifts. And the church needs all of the gifts of all of the people in order for it to be what Jesus wants the church to be. Okay, and Paul uses this illustration to help the church understand how spiritual gifts are supposed to work. He compares the church to the human body. Okay, he does it a few times. Verse 27 um, is, really, is, is really explicitly stated. He says, now you are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. Verse 11, you know, all these are empowered by the one and same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. So what you want to see there, again, is the themes of unity and diversity. We are all one body. Verse 11 says we're all empowered by one and the same Spirit. But then we're also, there's diversity. Verse 11, again, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Okay, this is the point that we need to understand. Um, to be a body, we have to be different. Right? We can't all have the same gifts. If I'm one of the mouths of the body, or part of the mouth, like we can't all be a mouth. Right? You don't want everyone to be a mouth. Um, we need to have diversity because a body requires all kinds of things. And Paul plays with this, with this analogy if you read all the verses in chapter 12. Um, but the point that Paul wants to drive home, because he says it again in verse 18, is that the diversity comes from God. Verse 18 says, As it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Okay, so the idea here is that as you determine what your spiritual gifts are, as you figure out the ways that you typically help other people, uh, ways that you manifest God's presence, you need to come to grips with the fact that God has given you every one of your gifts. The gifts that you have, you have because God has given you those gifts. And so you are a unique member of this family. It's who you are. God has chosen each one of you. If you feel like you're the, the pancreas of the family, right? You think, well, it's not really very important or it's not very outward. Um, God, verse 24, God has so composed the body, he gives greater honor to the parts that lack it, right? So if you've got not an upfront kind of gift, not a demonstrable gift, but a gift that by nature is hidden from the rest of the body, Boy, I hope that in some way we can reach you and appreciate you. 
But even when we fail, you have to realize that God appreciates what you do. That you are performing a function. I don't think I've ever given credit to my pancreas for anything in my life, actually. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but the point is that God has chosen you to have the unique gifts that you have, and you are needed in the family. We all need to dial into this because we all need to be serving. We all need to be helping each other. There are gifts that you have that we need as a family. And if you're not exercising those gifts, you know, it's, it's like the leper whose fingers are falling off and rotting. So I got another story. One of my neighbors um, is buying a car and he was stressed out yesterday because he needed to get his auto insurance yesterday and he had no idea what to do. Because he has a job that has particular, that he uses the car for his job in ways that he felt like were gonna cause a significant impact on the kind of insurance he had to have and the cost of the insurance that he had to have. And so he went to one of my neighbor, one of other neighbor's house for help. Talked to her, she gave him a little bit of advice but really wasn't much help. She ended up um, sending him to me. <laughs> and. Um, so, because, you know, I know all about car insurance. Um, so he shows up at my door, and he has this cup in his hand. And it looked like a cup that I'd seen before. And I said, hey, what's going on? He said, I'm having trouble with car insurance. And I said, oh, great, yeah, come on in. <laughs> so he comes in, and I said, hey, did you get that cup from Christine? And he said, yeah. And I'm like, is it a vanilla latte? He said, yeah, and big smile on his face. So he was pretty happy. He was stressed, but he was happy because he had this vanilla latte. I think she put shots of uh, Bailey's Irish cream in it. Oh, it was so... I was like, oh, I got to try. So I, I had some. Um, so we talked a little bit. I couldn't answer his questions, but he doesn't have a computer. So I let him use my computer. He went online, right? He got information, went to Geico, went to Farmers, doing all this stuff. And he's having questions. He's asking me. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I don't... I don't I'm a pastor, you know that. Come on, spiritual questions throw my way. But in auto insurance, I can't help you. Um, and then I realized, I said, like, wait, hold on. Wait, wait, Eric, we have a former neighbor who actually sells car insurance. I'm like, man, Eric, let's call him. And so we call Eric. And he, you know, he calls Eric. And in, I don't know, 20 minutes, he has a policy in place that's radically cheaper than he thought he was going to have to pay. Um, and he's, he's good to go. He got his car. So life is good. That's the body. Our neighborhood acted like a body yesterday. But that's how it works. Um, Christine provided hospitality. Made him happy. I gave him a computer and access to the internet. You know, maybe that's giving. Helps. Um, but then Eric provided the knowledge and the wisdom to get him on his way, to get him where he needed to go. That's it. So <laughs> I said, hey, um, do you mind if I tell this story tomorrow? Because <laughs> this is a perfect illustration of what we're talking about. And I told him about spiritual gifts and, and what they're like and, and, and how they work with God. And, you know, I said a couple times, I'm not pushing this on you, but this is just kind of exciting because this is a great illustration of this spiritual truth. It gets me excited, so you get to hear about it. Um, so again, just ways, and he was intrigued. He was interested Sowing seeds, not pushing, but just making it available, letting people know that there's spiritual dimensions behind things in life, and when you point those things out, that makes for an interesting, uh, interesting discussions. 
So, if our neighborhood can do this, how much more the church? Right? How much more the church when all of us have incredible commonalities in our experience? We've all been made to drink of one spirit. All of us are fallen. All of us struggle with sin. Right? All of us have come to Jesus if you're Christians. Those of you who aren't, we're encouraging you to come to Jesus so you can experience this same thing with us. But as we have this experience, we need to care for each other. And this is what's possible. Right? Teachers can teach. People who are hospitable can create environments for relationships. People who have you know, gifts of service and, and, and being helpful can set the table so people can meet, right? There's care, there's compassion, there is, there's listening, there's speaking, right? There's all kinds of ways that we help each other out, that we act like a family. And what's neat is that because we all have the Holy Spirit, there are some things that we will all do, okay? With the neighbors, the three of us on this one neighbor, we were all nice, right? We all loved him, we all cared for him, that's all of us. Right? So you don't have to just figure out, okay, what's my gift and that's all I can do, right? I mean, there's, there's sort of generality stuff here. But the way Paul describes it is in verses 26 and 27. This is how it's supposed to work. This is where it all comes down. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. This is how it works. And this is where the rubber hits the road in terms of you using your gifts to help others. It means being willing to suffer with someone else who's hurting. It means being willing to listen, to slow down and make time for other people in the family. Listening, encouraging, praying, supporting. Sometimes just saying, look, that really, it sucks. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, can I pray for you? And then when good things happen, rejoicing together. Right? That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like for us. And I don't think it's a coincidence that right after that, verse 26, we, we see Paul reminding us that we are the body of Christ. The reason why we're willing to sacrifice, to suffer with others, is because Jesus came and didn't just suffer with us, but he suffered for us. Right? When we were estranged from God, when we were apart from him, Jesus came, lived the life we should have lived, and then died for our sins. Died the death we should have died so that we could come back to the Lord. We can come back to God, have forgiveness, be welcomed into the family. It's because of what he's done for us that we are willing to step out and love each other. So discover your gifts start using them. There's nothing like it. You feel like you are doing what God wired you and created you to do. If you need help, ask, because this is an opportunity for you to actually connect to the power of God in your life. That's what this means. There is power that God has unleashed, and you can connect to it when you understand your gifts and use them. This is where Jesus is leading. Will you follow Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the privilege that it is to know you, 
Thank you that when we follow you, you begin to lavish good things on us. You give us gifts, and then you make us a gift. Lord, I pray that you would speak to each person here, that you would tell each one of us ways that they manifest you, ways that they're like you, ways that they like to help others. Lord, help us to understand these things so that we can tap into how you have wired us and so that we can walk in the life that you've created for us. Thank you, Lord, that you gave up everything, gifts included, to be our substitute. We love you for that, and we will serve you because of that. And Lord, for those folks who are here who aren't Christians, would you speak to their hearts and help them to see that there is power available from you. There is real transformation as your spirit would come upon them. Lord, help them to be willing to follow you, to orient their lives around your authority. Help them to see that you can be trusted and to follow you and to join our family. We pray this in your name. Amen.